In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Is I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on TogiNet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hello, people. This is Diane Jones. I am your host. This is I'm Not the Same Woman I Used to Be. And you know what? I'm not the same woman I used to be. I'm an entirely different, new and improved, <laughs> better, happier, joyful, you name it. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just so grateful to be who I am and where I am at this time in my life. And I want to share some of that with you. I know that it's late. I know it's getting late, especially here on the East Coast. It's getting late. And some of you have probably had a very busy day. It's a Monday. Mondays can be really hectic and really trying. I'm sure you've got a lot on your plates. So... I just want you to stop, take an hour of your time, sit back, relax, get to know me, listen, share. I'm, I'm sipping a cup of tea right now, actually, because I love to sip tea. It kind of helps me to um, unwind and relax. I don't do the caffeine thing. I do the non-caffeinated, you know, the herbal flavors. I love the different flavors. This one just happens to be a plain brand. But um, I like the pomegranates. I like the orange spices. I like the apple cinnamon. So why don't you just grab you a cup of tea, something to help you just unwind and relax, because this is not a show where I'm going to be preaching and nagging and, you know, pointing in your face, so to speak, um, we're just going to be sharing and we're going to be talking about some really, really serious and important things. I should tell you a little bit about myself, um, just so that you'll feel a little bit more comfortable, I hope, listening to me and possibly calling in and even talking to me. Um, like I said, um, my name is Diane Jones. Um, by profession, I am a registered nurse, 
I've been a registered nurse now for, oh my goodness, I think around 12, 13 years, somewhere in that range. But I've been in the nursing profession um, for over 20 years. I started out as a CNA in the nursing profession, which is the same thing as a certified nursing assistant. And then I worked my way up to LVN status, and that was after about five years of being a CNA. And I was an LVN for about 10 years, and then I became an RN and have done that for the past 12 or 13 years. Um, somewhere in that process, I also was ordained and became um, an ordained minister. I am a non-denominational minister, and I am not a minister in the traditional sense. Uh, when I say that I'm a minister, I'm really saying that I am a servant. Um, I'm really, truly saying that I am a servant. Um, when I accepted my call to the ministry, um, the Lord told me not to let anyone label me, because putting labels on people or us as individuals, oftentimes it puts us, I feel, in a box. And it makes us think that we can only do certain things, that our scope is limited to just that area. But the Lord emphasized to me that um, my title was minister because he wanted me to serve, to serve people, to serve my family, to serve him, to serve the body of Christ. So he said, don't, don't pick up any other labels. Um, and that has allowed me to keep an open mind. You know, when he began to direct me in different ways, in areas that I wasn't used to, I didn't resist because he had already given me that directive. So that has allowed me to do lots of different things. You know, um, one of my primary ministries is, is being a wife. Um, I love my husband very much, and um, it, is, it is very important to me that I, that I serve him. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't mean that as though um, I'm a footstool or, or anything like that, but that I just, you know, I look out for him and I tend to his needs and, and that I care for him. And, and when he's going through things, you know, that I seek the Lord and I, and I ask the Lord, you know, how can I be what he needs? at this time in his life. So, you know, that makes me a servant. And, and one of the other very, very important roles in my life is that of a mother. Um, I have two beautiful children. They are no longer children. I, I guess I should clarify that. Um, they are both adults, but they are still my babies. So um, I still say I have two beautiful children, a son and a daughter. Maybe one of these days they'll join us on the show. I've asked my daughter about that already, and um, she has told me that um, she's considering it. <laughs> I love to sing. Uh, I've been singing since I was a child, since I, um, I don't remember how old I was, but I came from a family of singers. My mother was a beautiful singer. She had a beautiful voice, and my father had a beautiful voice, and so... God gifted me with that same ability, and so I have been a praise leader, a worship leader, 
and the various ministries that we have been a part of. Uh, I've been an exhorter. Uh, some people would call that a preacher, I guess, but one who exhorts um, and encourages the people of God. I do public speaking in, in, different, um, in different genres, different arenas. Because my background is so varied, I can speak about different things. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about that later. I've served as a prophetess, a teacher, not only in the nursing and the healthcare profession, but also in the ministry, counselor, foster parent, and much, much more. So I just kind of wanted to give you a, a little bit of information about me since hopefully you're going to be listening to me for a long time to come. Um, my education consists of my life experiences. Um, to me, it's very important to experience what you talk about. I'm not the kind of person who um, really wants to talk about anything that I, don't, that I haven't experienced or that I don't know from personal experience. Uh, it's one thing to read things in books. It's one thing to gain head knowledge. But if you haven't lived it, if you haven't walked through it, then um, you really and truly can't master that, uh, that subject. You really and truly um, are kind of at a loss when it comes to advising someone else or supporting someone else. So my life experiences have been um, some of my major um, and most um, prominent education um, ways, means of getting educated. <laughs> so, of course, then um, I had to have nursing training. And um, I did that at various schools. And you can find that information in my bio on my host page. And um, I also have a bachelor's in theology. And more important than any education that anyone can ever gain, I have been in attendance in the school of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's what I call it, the school of the Holy Spirit. Um, the Spirit of God is the greatest teacher that will ever be, that has ever been. The Lord promised us when he, before he left the earth, that he would leave us a comforter. He said that comforter would lead and guide us into all truth. So combined with my life experiences, combined with my uh, education in school and 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 seminary, um, the Holy Spirit has been my friend, has been my companion, has, has prompted me, has revealed things to me that, that I know I never could have understood. And so I am really, really thankful and grateful to God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit for walking with me. Um, I currently live in Maryland. And I live here with my wonderful husband. He's my husband. He's my friend. He's my companion. And he is also a minister. So um, he is actually going to be my guest tonight. <laughs> he is my sidekick. I'm so used to having him around that the more and more I thought about uh, doing this show and starting off the show, I felt that it just wouldn't be the same without um, having him join me at some point on the show. So. He's going to be joining me um, a little bit 
a little bit later. So um, let me tell you a little bit about our ministry, but um, I'm a, quite a bit of a talker, so I probably will come back and tell you more about our ministry. Our ministry is not a traditional one, so I will explain to you what that means when we come back. Okay, don't go away. Sip your tea. Get ready. <laughs> Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Hello. Today we are looking at the correct way to eat corny dogs and fried chicken with a fork. Not. This is not your hair in a bun with pearls on etiquette class. It's time for How Not to Act with Melanie Broyles. Mondays at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Be here as Melanie shows us how practicing good manners should be a way of life, how poise and self-confidence help young people feel good about themselves, and how a child of a healthy self-esteem becomes the adult with a positive sense of self. Royals understands that etiquette is a sensitive topic and has found ways to use humor to make etiquette more fun. For more on Melanie and her programs, go to etiquettestlouis.com. Etiquette is not about impressing people. It's about using kindness, courtesy, and respect in every part of our daily lives. Melanie feels that every one should have the opportunity to feel comfortable in social and business situations. So be here for How Not to Act with Melanie Broyles. Mondays at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, fairytalewishesinc.com. And for Deanna, thenextbigzing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hello there. I hope you're still sipping your tea. I hope that you're sitting and I hope that your feet are up at this point. Um, I said before the break that I was going to tell you about our ministry. Um, our ministry is not traditional. And when I say that, I mean that we, my husband and myself, we don't have a church. 
we believe that we are the church. And, and what I mean by that is that each and every person who has uh, been born again, each and every person that is born again is a member of the body of Christ, and therefore we as individuals make up the collective church. Um, we hope in this show and, and through this show to reach out to those that are in need, those who are hurting, and those who are looking for answers to their pain. Um, we have two outreaches that are very dear to our hearts at this time in our, in our ministry. And my husband's is coaching basketball. He coaches for the uh, Air Force on several levels. He's a, a varsity coach and he coaches for the all-armed Air Force. Now me, on the other hand, my passion and one of my uh, major outreaches is sharing my personal testimony, sharing my personal story. And that is because I was abused as a child. I was abused physically. I was abused emotionally. I was abused mentally. I was abused sexually by my own father. And I know how much pain, how much um, confusion, how much shame, how much um, struggle that caused in my life. And I know how difficult the process was to overcome that tragedy and that trauma um, that had happened in my life at a young age. And so as I went through the process of becoming healed, as I grew through my own pain, you know, the Lord just birthed in my heart and in my spirit a desire to help others do the same thing. Because as I was growing up, um, molestation, uh, abuse of that nature, sexual abuse, those weren't things that you heard much about. And I thought that I was alone. I felt alone. Um, there was hardly anybody to talk to. Um, the times that I did share it with individuals um, really turned out to be detrimental for me in one way because they were not sympathetic. They were not understanding. They were not supportive. In the long run, it turned out to work in my favor anyway, because uh, telling someone is part of the process and is necessary to being healed. So in that sense, um, it was helpful anyway. But because I didn't know anybody else who had been through something like that, I didn't have anybody to tell me that you know what, people aren't going to sympathize and people don't want to hear about it and people aren't supportive of those kinds of things. It's something that they would rather push under the rug, sweep under the carpet, um, deny, um, you know, just act like it doesn't happen. And I have to tell you that I have a problem with that. I have a major problem with that because there are thousands, I mean, literally hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are sexually abused each and every day. Each and every day. Not people um, that are abused by rapists, not just child molesters or pedophiles, 
there are people that by choice and through lifestyle are abusing themselves and abusing others. And they don't even know that it's sexual abuse. When you say sexual abuse, people think you're, you're talking about a rapist or a child molester, but they don't even know that having sex out of marriage is sexual abuse. Um, they don't even realize that um, having sex, same sex, is sexual abuse. So there are literally millions of people that the world is not addressing. Um, we are an overlooked population in our society. We are a shunned population in our society. Not only in our society, but also in our churches. Across the board, I have found that not churches do not even want to deal with this tragic and difficult subject, this tragic and difficult trauma. Churches don't want to deal with it or they're not equipped to deal with it. So I believe that that is why God has given me a passion to reach out to those people. You might be one of those people listening tonight, and I hope that you know that you are not listening by chance. Um, women, men are abused every day, and as this show go on, goes on, we're going to talk about uh, the different types of abuse that some people don't even recognize as abuse. I am going to be speaking from personal experience. I have written uh, several books about this subject. Um, one of them is my very own testimony. It's my story called The Story of Me, written by Diane Jones. Um, it tells my very painful, um, stru difficult struggle, you know, and how I overcame abuse, you know, how it all came about. Um, I wrote that book, The Story of Me, about eight years ago, and I had it published about six years later. Um, since the re release of that book, I have actually been persecuted by people that um, did not appreciate me speaking out about my abuse. Um, people that had a hard time dealing with or understanding why anyone would would put their business out in the street like that, why you would share um, something so horrible. Uh, so I've been persecuted. I've been shunned. I've lost relationships. I've lost friendships with family members, um, with people, because they didn't want me to talk about my abuse. And um, I just feel like that's all the more reason, you know, um, being persecuted, being shunned, um, walking through this with the help of the Lord actually strengthened me and gave me the spiritual support that I needed, I feel, so that I can actually minister to others in this arena. Um, it prepared me so that I would know, hey, when you start talking to other people about this, um, you can relate to what 
they have gone through, what they may go through. Uh, when they try to tell someone, you can tell them what the reaction is probably going to be. And hopefully we can be a safe place that if you need to tell someone about abuse that has happened to you, hopefully we can be a safe place for you to do that. Hopefully we can be an encouraging place, a loving place for you to do that. Um, so that was my first book, The Story of Me. And then uh, recently, actually, when I was preparing for this show, um, the Lord inspired me and just kind of gave me an outline. And I'm calling that outline a manual for overcoming sexual abuse. Overcoming sexual abuse is more of a how-to manual. How to recognize, relate to, categorize, and be delivered from the effects of sexual abuse in your life. Um, that book is not available to the public yet. It's in. Um, it's actually in in the in the. What do you call that? In the publication process, I guess. <laughs> it's in the in the process of being published. So it should be available real soon. But we will be talking about it throughout this show anyway. Um, so what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to actually read from my book. I'm going to read a little bit about me tonight. And then I'm going to have my husband, my honey, come and join us. Just so he can give some insights and share some things from his perspective. So reading from my book, I am going to read, let's see. The flames caused a glow in the nightlight. I didn't know if it was real. It looked real, but I was suspicious. I crept down the hall, peered over the banister and down the stairs. Ah, hmm. I could see smoke. I could smell smoke. My father kept saying, come downstairs, Diane. Come downstairs. There is a fire. It was odd, though, because I did not hear any exclamations from them. My brothers and sisters had already ran downstairs, had already run downstairs, and I didn't hear any exclamations from them. The flames glowed brighter. The smell grew Stronger, the smell of smoke was there. I was scared, but I didn't know what I feared the most. Should I stay upstairs by myself or should I trust my father? I decided to trust him. So I ran downstairs, expecting to run outside. There he was. He grabbed me, caught me. He laughed at me. He was stark naked. He held in his hand what was left of a wax centerpiece that he had lit. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. 
It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Hello, this is Casper the Insane Dame, and I would like to introduce you to the Black Knight and Squire G Show. Somebody sent me a story about the guy who wrote that song. The hokey pokey, he uh, died. They tried to put him in the casket. First, they put his right foot... And then the trouble started then. <laughs> From that point, I'm just shaking all about. <laughs> and then the next day, the funeral for Simon. Simon says, Simon, he wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't listen to what I said. Hey, Simon. Oh, God. Boy. Look at this. Put him in the coffin. He won't go. Okay. Simon, Simon says. <laughs> Simon says, can I bury him now? No, you didn't say Mother oh, May I. Mother May I. Mother May I was. <laughs> Put your right foot in. Simon says, Mother, may I? That's all it takes. www.bksgshow.com for more information. Thank God I am free. I am. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. At the break, I was reading from my personal story, the story of me. And so I'm going to continue reading a few more lines before I have my husband join us. He was stark naked. He held in his hand what was left of a waxed centerpiece that he had lit. It was melted down. I saw his wicked smile. I heard him say, Gotcha. I knew it. It was a trick, a cruel plot and scheme. He connived to get me to come downstairs. This was not the first time, nor would it be the last. He was drunk, sloppy drunk. He could hardly stand up. He commanded my sister and brothers to go back upstairs. He put the fire out of the centerpiece, took me in the room, and raped me. That is one of the most
vivid memories that I have as a child. I was between the ages of 11 and 12. I really don't have very many memories uh, before that time in my life. When I sat down to write my book, um, this was the most prevalent memory in my mind. And as I said earlier, I share these things because they are a reality. They are a reality for literally hundreds of thousands of millions of people. This is reality. This is what they wake up to. This is what they go to sleep to. This is how they live. And society often overlooks us. Would rather keep this hush-hush. Would rather ignore it. But I want you to know that um, God did not ignore me. Did not overlook me. And he has not overlooked you. If you are like me, if you have lived through anything like this, then he is looking out for you even as we speak. He is reaching out to you even as we speak. So I'm going to bring in my special guest because I would like him to help me tell you how it was um, for him when I first told him of my abuse. I felt it was very important to share this information with him before we married because I didn't want to leave or have any secrets between us. I didn't want to go into our marriage with um, baggage. So, Chris? Hello. Hi, dear. Hi. How are you? That's wonderful. (laughs) You sound like you're chipper, like you're wide-eyed and uh, fully awake. I am right now. I talked uh, quite a bit about myself um, in the first segment, but um, I kind of only briefly talked about you. And I know I asked you before the show if you wanted to say anything about yourself, and you told me that you did not. So um, I will just tell the audience uh, that this is my wonderful husband. This is my friend and my partner. And I asked him to come on the show tonight. Because I'm used to him being with me, first of all. But secondly, because I wanted him to share with you his perspective. I, um, I'm going to ask you, Chris, to tell the audience how you felt when I first told you about my abuse. Of course, you didn't know me when it happened. Um, by the way, audience, Chris is my second husband. I talk a lot of, I talk some about my first marriage and the tragedies of that in my book, and we'll be talking about that on the show too. But um, Chris was the husband that God gave me. <laughs> so I didn't want to go into my new marriage with 
with baggage, with the baggage from my abuse or with the baggage from my failed marriage. So I told Chris about my abuse. Now, Chris, this is the big question. How did you feel when I first told you about my abuse, about being molested by my own father? Okay, well, before I answer that question, a little background about myself. I, too, was married before, and my first wife had been abused. Um, pretty much the same, same story. So I had, had lived through it before. And so, so I had compassion when this was brought to me. I had compassion in my heart. And during the time that I was single, I asked the Lord to give me a godly woman. And I spent a lot of time searching myself to, um, to humble myself and make sure that I would be the kind of man who could love a godly woman. And um, so I was actually prepared when she told me that. So when she told me about her history and her childhood, I was actually prepared because everyone goes through suffering at times in their life. It's, it's natural. Uh, the levels of the suffering determines how we react and how we, um, you know, how we grow or not grow. So when she told me, I just, first thing I felt was compassion in my heart. And growing up in the church and having biblical teaching, I knew that God loved us and things happen, but God has always been faithful. Even, even at a time when you don't feel like you, you see him there or feel him, he's been faithful because he's always brought us through. So when she told me, I felt compassion. I felt, I felt close to her. I wanted to be that father. I wanted to be that husband. I wanted to, to, to be everything that she had lost. So I hope that answers the question. Well, honey, it does. I noticed that, you know, this is new for both of us. And I noticed that you're saying when she told me, but you are talking about me, right? Yes, I am. So when you <laughs> told me. <laughs> when I told you, okay, when I told you. I felt you, compassion. You felt compassion. Okay. I was going to ask you if you could be more descriptive as far as your emotions and compassion is, is, um, is definitely one emotion, but did you feel anything else? I, I remember that you, that you had some other feelings. What other kinds of feelings did you have? I mean, for those women out there that are afraid to tell their boyfriends or their soon-to-be husbands or, you know, what other feelings um, did you have? 
Well, like I say, I had I, I felt compassion. I felt I felt anger because of knowing what I knew or what what I knew then it was kind of like if I could have been there to protect you I would because I know the person that I'm meeting that, that I'm talking to now I know that the person doesn't deserve this no 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 one deserves it so compassion uh, anger um I felt like I wanted to go into protection mode. And from a man's standpoint, I feel like those are those are valid feelings to feel. Um, I didn't feel like it was baggage. I felt that, um, and I feel to this day that God does not make mistakes. He brings people together if we are where we are supposed to be, if we are willing to walk in the footsteps that he lays before us, everyone has a past. So I was at a place in my life when you brought it to me to where I could accept it. It didn't, it didn't totally shock me. Okay. Does, that answer, does that answer? Well, yes, it does. It does. Um, we're about to go to break and if you'll come back with us just for a few more minutes, I'd like for you to maybe advise other young men. You've kind of done that already, but I'd like for you to just close out with advising other young or old men or, or people in general of how they should respond if someone confesses this information to them. So if you will come back with us after the break, I'd really appreciate it. Can you do that? Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, darling. See, you made this easier for me. <laughs> See you in a few. Okay? Okie dokie. Okay. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. 
From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Well, hello, people. I hope that you are still with us. I hope that um, we didn't frighten you off or run you off. I know that this is um, heavy, a uh, heavy topic, um, and some people um, have a hard time listening to um, things of this nature. But before the break, um, I was talking to my wonderful husband, Christopher, who I call Chris, among other things. And I was asking him how he felt when I first told him about my abuse. Now, I wanted to say that um, in my first marriage, my first husband could not handle my issues. Uh, It was very um, hard for him emotionally to relate to me uh, because when I was much younger, I had nightmares. I had um, what I call night terrors. You know, there were things that triggered my emotions and memories of my abuse. And um, he was not able to handle it. So, Christopher, um, do you have any advice? Um, Do you have any advice or anything that you think you could share or say to another young man or another person for that matter? If someone close to them, if their wife, if their girlfriend um, brings them this kind of information, you know, says, hey, I, I was abused. I was raped, you know, by, by, by my father or anybody. Well, um, when you are placed in someone's life and... In my situation, I, I felt and still feel to this day that God placed you in my life. It gave me, it gave me a love for you that just started to grow. 
And if you love someone, you're supposed to love them through thick, through thick and thin. You're supposed to, you're supposed to know their past, learn their past, and realize and understand that that's what makes us um, good and bad, and strengths and weaknesses. So, um, I. I feel that we should, as 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 males, we should um, or as, as males or females, first of all, we have to get the mindset of it's not about me, but a more of a mindset of it's about us, more of an open heart and a giving giving heart and that's the approach that I had I had chose to follow that that path even before meeting you so when I when I met you and, and I heard the the news that you had shared with me it made me want to give and so in my opinion that's what relationships are supposed to be about about giving um, it's more blessed to give than receive, and, and in this day and time, so many people are seeking after what they can get themselves. It's it's more of a selfish mindset, and so when you when you deal with selfishness, you never can get to the root of the problem. You never can help somebody, you know, because you're so busy fighting for yourself and trying to get yours. And I learned to listen rather than talk all the time. I learned to listen and hear what you're really saying. And then um, when I hear, I don't believe we should just blurt out all the time what we feel, but we should pray about it. Ask God, what, what, how do I minister to this person? You know. What would you have me to say? And that's been my approach. Because you never know the shoes that the person next to you has walked in. You know, um, I always talk about I, the... Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. I, I, um, I always talk about the movie Antoine Fisher, which is... a. Um, very important movie to me because it tells about a young man who's gone through foster care, uh, rape, being abused verbally, mentally, sexually, and he goes into the military and nobody really knows, but he acts out. So I've, I've learned through life experience to listen to people, listen to what they're really saying. Mm. You know, mm. so hope that helps with what you were asking me. Oh, it does. Listening, I think, is that, that, that just rang in my spirit when you said that, listening, you know, listening to the person. Um, while I was listening to you, my mind went back to a very clear memory in our early years. Um, I believe it was the first year of our marriage. And by the way, um, listeners, we've been married now 12 years. 
so we do have uh, some time together, so a history of some time together. But in our early years, I remember very clearly uh, we had a, a reclining chair in our family room, and, and my husband, Chris, was sitting in the reclining chair. And I went over and joined him in the reclining chair, except, um, you know, I didn't sit beside him. There wasn't enough room for me to sit beside him. I actually straddled him like, like a little girl would uh, if she was able to jump in her daddy's lap. I, I just, I straddled him and I laid my head on his chest. And I remember how good that felt to me. And um, I became sentimental. And I remember telling you that I had never been able to climb up in, in my daddy's lap and that I had never been able to climb up in anybody's lap. And I don't remember being hugged the way you let me just um, cuddle you, you know, just, and you cuddled me. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> and how did that, um, how did that make you feel? I mean, for me, that was like, that was a very uh, powerful moment in my life because I had never been nurtured and accepted that way. Well, it, it made me feel like I was making a difference and, and giving something back that, you had, that had been robbed from you. And it, I understood why you felt that way because I had listened to you. Well... You, you did listen, and, you, and you've, you've still continued to listen. Um, Twelve years later, you're still an excellent listener. So I thank you for listening to me tonight, and I thank you for joining me and continuing to be my partner. I know you have some things to do to get ready for work. So um, I'll let you go, and I guess I'll finish this out without you. But thank you so much, dear. You are quite welcome. I love you. <laughs> love you too. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, well, that was just, that was just wonderful. <laughs> so let me regroup um, and get unsentimental. As I said, um, we're going to be talking about a lot of heavy things on this show Tonight, I'm just introducing you to me and my story, The Story of Me by Diane Jones. Um, we will be talking about um, overcoming sexual abuse. Um, at the very end, I'd like to tell you how you can reach my book. I'd like to thank some of my sponsors before, sponsors before we hang up. So um, I know I'm going to be running out of time pretty soon. So what I would like to do is tell you that um, in my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse, I do outline a process. This may not be the process for everyone, but I outline a process. I outline my process and how the Lord healed me and helped me to overcome the sexual abuse in my life. And um, I, I share that there are steps involved with getting free from the vicious cycle of abuse, because it is a cycle. 
And I will tell you that if, if it is not rooted out, if it is not uprooted, if, it, if the cycle is not ended, if you are not healed emotionally and spiritually, the cycle will be repeated in your future. Um, maybe not with your children, but perhaps with your grandchildren. Um, it will be repeated. So I want to leave that on your mind that this is, this is something that you cannot suppress. This is something that cannot be denied. Um, we'll be picking it up with talking about overcoming sexual abuse on the next show. So before we leave tonight, I want to thank my sponsors, Equipping the Saints Ministries, which is our home-based ministry here in Maryland. You can reach us at P.O. Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, or email us at Verizon, I'm sorry, V-I-R-2-U-S-1 at Verizon.net. Our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational ministry. They are Bible-based, Holy Spirit-filled. They are a deliverance ministry. And they are also a husband and wife team, Pastor and Ramika White. And I would also like to thank Mrs. Annette Brown, Evangelist, Psalmist. We will soon be letting you know how you can acquire her CD, All Because of Love. Thank you for listening. This is Diane Jones. I'm not the same woman I used to be. I'm free. Thank you.